0: Welcome to the Stories and Philosophies Podcast. This is your girl, Salem. I'm so happy to be with you all. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this second episode. And thank you so much for all the love from episode one. You know, I was just really raw and honest with you all. And I did something I don't think I've done in this podcast before I switched back and forth between my kind of Nigerian way of speaking threw a little bit of pigeon in there and my more Americanized way of speaking and I think you guys really related to it so thank you for the episodes and thank you for the comments rather telling me how much you all enjoyed this episode and just felt like the quality of the episode was better. The sound was better. I was just more present and more authentically myself because honestly, that was the goal. Like my first gen people know the struggle, my immigrants and first gen, you know the struggle of code switching. You know that like, if I were to begin to just talk as a, as a Nigerian person now, people will not understand anything that I'm saying. Or it'd be harder for you to understand. It's like really difficult because when I came to the US at 13, lots of people were like oh we don't understand what you're saying like what are you saying speak up and so even though we want to talk about code switching and you know in this like really in this age of a lot of progressive ideas really selling selling out and really being the popular ideology in the spaces that i'm in at least it's really difficult because a lot of the progressive ideologies talk about yeah we're not code switching we're just going to talk how we talk but i'm like yo as an immigrant i don't necessarily have that luxury because my Niger, my very very nigerian sounding self people have told me that they don't understand what i'm saying when i'm in that way of speaking in them with an american audience but still there's a like moderate nigerian self right there's a throw a little bit of pigeon when you know that people understand the concept. there's like of tempering and moderating my american sounding self to where it's not like overly over the top right where i don't sound like white girl salem because it was definitely a white girl salem um a white girl sounding salem um but yeah so i really just tried to To go with the flow of just being my the most authentic self I could be. Like to throw in a little bit of pigeon to, you know, throw in a little bit of my Nigerian way of speaking because when I get passionate, that that Niger Niger accent just comes out, you know? And when I really am around my people, when I'm around my Nigerian people, that Niger accent just naturally comes out. But I'm not accustomed to speaking that way when i'm in the west and talking into a microphone or talking into like a video camera or things like that so anyways all of that rumble all of that uh was just to say thank you for receiving me for hearing me and for um affirming me when i just decided to go with how i was feeling in the moment regardless of if that was going to be easily understandable or not so today's episode is titled, <laughs> Even Paradise Has Gas Leaks. And I know you're just like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Anyway, this episode is titled, is courtesy of my therapist session. Um, so as you all know, I mentioned this briefly, probably for like five seconds in the previous podcast episode that I moved. So... If you've been listening for a while you know that in 2020 at the start of the pandemic i moved back into my parents house for six months and then i took four months to travel through all of west africa to see if i was ready to relocate back to the continent the answer to that question was not now and so i moved back to alabama at the beginning of towards yeah q1 of 2021 back into my parents home and was just like okay i'm going to take this year and settle in I'm currently working on an essay on that so I'll let you all know when it comes out but honestly <laughs> I was in the middle of Lagos like I was at this fancy hotel in Lagos Um it was actually a uh, federal palace hotel right and the federal palace hotel all my needs are met like I'm taken care of I'm just sitting there I'm journaling I created this like idyllic getaway for myself because I just wanted to have some time to think and be honest with myself about my travels, all of the West African countries that I had been to, the types of community that would be available to me as I went to those countries, um, what I what the like relocation feelings were bringing up for me. and I just wanted to be r- brutally honest with myself, so I'm sitting there having beautiful, wonderful breakfast at Federal Palace Hotel, and I remember just journaling and being like, yo, the only thing I want right now is my mom. Skrr! And I was just like, girl, are you two years old? Like, what do you mean the only thing you want right now is your mom? But yeah, that was the only thing I wanted. I was just like, I just want my mom. I just want my mom. And it took me to three and a half, four-year-old Salem when I started school and like just wanted my mom. I just wanted my mom. Like, y'all could have your in-class learnings and your preschool BFS. I just wanted my mommy. And my nausea school teacher auntie susan till today whenever she sees me she's always like ah i want my mommy how are you i want my mommy because that was me i was literally like i want my mommy every second auntie auntie i want my mommy yeah i just wanted my mom i wanted my mommy i wanted her like i didn't want any of you i didn't want to be sitting in this class with you auntie susan i wanted my mommy so same vibes were coming up for me honestly when i was in this beautiful exotic locations and i was just like Beautiful gowns, like beautiful pools, beautiful beaches, beautiful people, beautiful men, like beautiful community. But I just want my mom. Like, I just want my mom's cooking. I just want my mom's hugs. I just want to, like, watch movies with my mom. I want us to talk about, like, all the things. I want to hear about what she's doing in her world. Like, I just wanted my mom. And so I moved back into my mom's house. And it was as simple as that. Of course, there were so many complicated feelings. Like, I had to talk myself through. The feelings of shame and like you know in in my culture we have this thing where when a woman has a baby for the first like three to six months of having a baby sometimes a year two years like the mom moves into her house and lives with her and it's like we've accepted birth to be this like really radical transformational space where girls and women and young women can like fully lean into this want for their moms, their this need for their mothers, but then why don't we in, like, expand that into other phases of life? Because I was dealing with a lot. Like I was twenty-six years old, coming out of like really terrible relational heartbreaks, like really shifting, like not getting into my PhD program and really kind of shifting my ideas of what I wanted to do in the world. I was in the beginning stages of building a multinational corporation. Like so much life was happening around me and yet i felt like i couldn't openly say i just wanted my mom because i wasn't having a baby so after moving through all of those things i just gave myself permission to say look this is what you want this is what you need you've been able to identify that and like your mom would gladly receive you back in her home you know like your mom doesn't have any kind of like shame or like I don't know like resistance to you being in her space like your mom even wants she would welcome that she would love that and so I was just like okay yeah like I have no plans but all I know this year is I just want to be with my mom and so you know spent all of 2021 really like except for when I was traveling back to Cali for work and spent time with my friends I spent most of 2021 in my parents house with my mom like just two of us doing a whole bunch of things, creating our own routines around each other. And mostly like taking care of myself, allowing myself to, um, to like recover even more, even deeper with my mom's cooking, with communal care. Like, I needed that. I'm going to write an essay on all of that. But anyway, so at the start, towards the end of the year, I, I started beginning to have the, the itch for my own place. And so I talked about moving into like this three bedroom house, but... Yeah, so I moved, right? I made plans, started apartment shopping at the end of the year, moved through my resistance. I knew I still wanted to be close to my family. So, made you know, started looking at places where I could still be close to my family and found this house that I really liked. And so, here I was, right after I recovered from COVID in January, and I moved. And my first week at the house, I just felt like, well i had that shock of like where am i you know when you move into a new place and you're just kind of wake up waking up in the middle of the night like disoriented like where am i but i was also very happy like the first time i looked at this house i knew that it was going to be mind like i just felt so at home while i was looking at it and (laughs) i was telling my mom my expectations for the houses i was looking at were just really low like i really just wanted it to not be terrible i was like look we're gonna have lots of time in the world and in my life to find find spaces that feel juicy and abundant and like oh i can't believe i live here but i was like mommy i'm just looking for a space that's not bad (laughs) I was like, I'm just looking for a space that like doesn't, I don't need it to blow my mind, but I just needed to be like, okay, yeah, I could live here. And then like I came and I think the thing that sold me, was just like, just like this vintage oven. And I was just like, oh, it's a vintage oven. And it was kind of like pink a little bit with like a little bit of like yellow and brown and some like it's the original oven that was put in the house from the 50s. And it just sold me. I don't know why it sold me really like the soul of the house the spirit of the house just really connected with my spirit and next thing i knew i was like moving through the process really quickly and everything happened so quickly so i moved into this house and um three days into moving into this house i wake up in the middle of the night to the smell of gas and you know so i'm like frantic trying to figure out what is going on is my house gonna catch on fire like what's you know i i'm not handy like i don't know the stuff every time I've like I've always lived with people this is my first time living alone and um, my last the last time I lived in a house that was not my parents house the last three times really like I always had roommates who were super handy super like just you know they knew their way around the bones of the house so I was very shocked because I was like well what do you do so I'm starting to like Google things and like thinking of valves and gas and it's the middle of the night so I can't really call anyone But i figured out what to do to like make the gas smell go away and before i call the company in the morning but i i in that moment i was just like wow like i moved into paradise and even paradise has gas leaks you know and i i wasn't thinking that in the moment but i was kind of like i i've created this cocoon for myself and if you see the the decorations the way that i just built out this space it feels like paradise to me like what paradise would feel like it feels just juicy my plants cozy things like beautiful colors bright bright and beautiful a minimalist bedroom like my a library with all my books um i decided that i didn't necessarily want to have my clothes in my bedroom and that's something i've dreamed of for so long so one of the bedrooms in the house is actually a dressing room so like you know like in my, my closet here in the bedroom is just empty with like a mirror in it and i have a dressing room with like all of my clothes and it just it feels it feels like me it feels like the most abundant most juicy expression of myself and i just wanted to kind of recreate a version of what paradise would feel like for me and so when I was talking to my therapist about all of that it I was telling her how the god ga, the gas smell just really threw me off because I was like girl like I, I created and crafted and worked hard to have this space that just felt free from all of the influences of the external world the things that make me feel unsafe about the external world and even in this place that felt Completely safe because I completely controlled for safety. There was a gas leak, and I didn't know what to do with that. And she was like, mm, you know, in the ways that really good therapists do. They're like, oh, let's unpack that. Let's unpack like your need to recreate paradise and like you know control for all of the things that could go wrong, and then things happening that you don't really see that could happen that really throw you off, and like how that shows up in the external world outside of your home and that conversation and unpacking that really made me aware of safety you know like conversations around safety and how when you're someone who doesn't necessarily feel unsafe in the external world you work really hard to create this internal world that feels safe and so when things happen that throw you up it just feels really really extra jarring because you try to control for safety it's why when people experience sexual assault in their homes Or in their churches, places of worship, within people with people that they trust, they feel extra jarred because there's that element of oh, I really tried hard to control for this so that these things wouldn't happen, right? Like I tried to control for a space where harm where we could say like harm was out there but not in here. And so what happens when we feel harmed and unsafe in the spaces that we've created to just be paradise, to be escapes from the, the muchness of the outside world. And how do we move through that? And I know that the, you know, the gas leak was easily fixable, took two days, I went back into my parents' house while well, all of that was getting fixed. So I wasn't harmed. But I think that the ideology around why I was so stressed out by what had happened was because I had kind of created this space that felt... Where I felt like if I could control everything, I would be kind of protected from feeling unsafe. Where when I once I stepped into this house, like I would not feel the presence and the weight of anyone else's expectations. Where I would not feel pressure. I would not feel um, badly about anything. Like it, it would just it would be my version of paradise. And even in paradise, there were gas leaks, my friends. And so like, yeah, I I just want you to sit with that. Like, what is your version of paradise and how has something that makes you feel unsafe come into that version of paradise? And what do you do about that? You know, how do you move through that in the external world? How do you kind of make peace with the fact that there will be things, even in paradise, there will be things, things that you don't see coming, things that you have to deal with on the spot, things that throw you off a little bit. How do you deal with that? How do you move through that? I'd love to hear from you. As always, you can find me on my email, glowwithsalem, at gmail.com. You can also hit me up on Instagram, at salem, underscore, afangideh, A-F-A-N-G-I-D-E-H. That is where I do a lot of talking, and, of course, on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and I hope that you stay safe, that you have a wonderful black history month and that you take care of all that is within your bandwidth to care for and a happy women's history month because this podcast is going to be released right at the end of black history month and right at the beginning of women's history month so enjoy both of those months and i will see you all in the next three weeks